Hello and welcome to episode two of the best Premier League 11s. Um, we've got a fantastic show for you tonight, um, but first let me introduce my two co-hosts before we get to our guest. First of all, Scott, how you doing, mate? All good, looking forward to this one tonight, Andrew. Absolutely, and Idu. I'm good, mate. Again, looking forward to what should be a really good show um, and just looking forward to hearing what team we come out with tonight. Oh, for sure. Um, I think it's a... I'm the one who's seen the team. It's uh, it's a good one. I think it's going to spark some conversation, but it's not my team to introduce. So let me introduce uh, from the Spurs show, Mike Lee. Hello, everyone. Good evening. Mike, it's a pleasure to have you here, mate. Um, thank, you thank you again for agreeing to uh, to come on here. Um, yeah, no, um, you know, maybe uh, maybe tell us a little bit of your background and how you got into supporting Spurs in the first place, and if you want a bit oh. about your podcast as well. Well, very quickly supporting Spurs, it's been in the family for oh god, four or five generations. I think we can trace it back to the early 1900s when various relatives went, so it sort of carried on throughout the family. I've got a couple of kids now who also uh, go to Tottenham, so we're from the sort of North London area and then the podcast started about 2007 um uh, a friend of mine had a little radio studio and he was about to do a show with danny kelly of uh not danny kelly danny baker of 606 fame and um my background was a talent agent and one of my clients was a guy called phil cornwell who you might remember from stella street and gilbert's fridge and comic strip presents and various shows. He was a, a fellow Spurs fan. So we just started doing a podcast then. And then my little company, Playback Media, we then sort of did other kind of celebrity led podcasts. We were doing one called Is Up for Grabs, an Arsenal one with Alan Davis, uh, one called The Chelsea with the actor Phil Daniels. Um, and we still uh, produce a, a, a Rangers one, which you probably know called Heart and Hand, is one of our Playback Media uh, podcasts, which. Uh, does very well and is obviously another big Rangers podcast like your own. Oh, for sure. We're well aware of uh, Heart and Hand. There's a, there's a few who have uh, crossed back and forth from that one uh, over to the fourth official. So, um, uh-huh. so yeah, cool. friendly rivalry, let's say. You know. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> it's, um, it's a broad church. There's room 100%. for everybody. That's what I always say. When, when another yeah. rival Spurs uh, pod nicks one of my guests, it's, you know, whatever. What can you do? <laughs> Definitely the case within the Rangers uh, fan media <laughs> ecosystem as well, no yeah. doubt. Um, all right, Mike, well, let's get right into it. Um, let's start off with your goalkeeper. So I just announced them now and just hit, hit you with it? What I'll do, um, as we run through the team, I'm going to give Scott and Iddy some hints. And, okay. Uh, they'll try and guess them, ah, see if they okay. get it right. Um, and uh, and then, yeah, you can uh, you can reveal who you've gone for. Um, shall I give you a bit? Of, shall I give you a bit of a clue now without giving it away? Uh, if you want to do the clues, I, 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 I don't mind. I mean, work, when know? I spoke to Eddie, I mean, I initially thought he wanted me to put a Tottenham best eleven down, and then I sort of said, "Oh, is this Premier League or just the whole of football?" He went, "Just oh. Premier League," which obviously now is it down from 1992 yeah. onwards. I've been going to Spurs since the early 70s, so <laughs> and I'm a pretty bit like any die-hard fan. I don't really care about other teams. We have other teams we hate. 
And the rest of the league, I'm not really interested in. I'm one of these people with other teams are playing, unless it's an amazing game. If other teams are playing on match of the day, and, and I know I know it's like a nil nil one, or I'll just fast forward. I'm not one of these people that had to sit and analyse other teams. So it was quite difficult for me to choose other uh, teams' players. But I tried to be mm-hmm. an impartial as, as possible. And, and all the players listed I've seen live in the flesh and therefore kind of begrudgingly almost went, yeah. I think they were one of the best. So my yeah. keeper, my keeper is very well known, not not a British keeper, although one can argue there's not many great British keepers, uh, one one could argue, uh, and won a lot of titles uh, for his his team. I don't know if that's enough for, for you to work with. Um, I, I, I'd say that's good enough, uh, you know, because uh, I've previously I've been accused of being too easy with the guests right. here. Um, Let's say Eddie, as you didn't actually guess any of the answers last time. Um, let's uh, let's start with you, mate. Can, can we just point out to Mike that's not because I didn't know the answers. That's because <laughs> I actually did know the answers. Right. Um, that was um, a technical issue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so sorry, he's not British and he's won lots of titles with his club. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm going to stick with the theme of what I expect to be almost every Premier League. All eleven goalkeeper. <laughs> is it Peter Schmeichel? It, it is Peter Schmeichel. There you go. You know, I I I think it's very diff- it's very difficult to kind of I think choose others. I just think, you know, most goalers. Oh my God, Scottish goalers, a lot of Tottenham goalers. I'm thinking of Ian Walker, another one. We could all remember the cock ups. We could all remember the sort of the awful errors. I can't remember that many Schmeichel errors. Um, and just the presence he had at the back. And I just think, can you imagine if you were playing in front of him, the bollocking you were getting for 90 minutes? And I just think, if you want to keep on your team, he's surely the one you'd, you'd probably pick. Yeah, I think it's likely we're going to be seeing him a fair few times. He's already been on this show once, and this is episode right. two. So, you know, it kind of gives you a flavour of, uh, yeah, AD, I think you're right. He's going to be appearing a fair bit. But, yeah, what, what are your views on Schmeichel? You know, not to go over old ground too much. Yeah, it's like you say, it's difficult. We've, we've had Jamaica on the World Eleven a number of times as well as um, last week's Premier League Eleven. But the only new thing I could probably add to that conversation, because Mike, I mean, uh, we've said before, you can't really argue with Jamaica. He was such a top-class goalkeeper, um, one of the best in the world for a, a large period of time. The only thing I can add to it really is I watched um, the film, the Danish film, Summer of '92, mm-hmm. and the portrayal of Jamaica in that was fantastic because the they're talking about the new manager when he comes in to take over Denmark and how he's got to turn the Danish team around. And they discuss the Laudrup brothers and Schmeichel as being like the kind of superstar pop stars of Denmark. And it shows him walking in and it's got the fancy music playing. And you know, that kind of like kiddies teenage films where the Prince Charming walks in and it's like the slow-mo with the music playing. And it had that kind of effect for Schmeichel. So it just shows how much he was, adored by his entire nation and, and viewed as this kind of absolute superstar beyond reproach. And I, I think that's a perfect um, goalkeeper to have in any Premier League 11 because you're going to struggle. Uh, I mean, if it's me, I'm going for Shaka Hislop just because I love that goalkeeper top he had at the time when he was at Newcastle. <laughs> and, and like I've said before, I liked Newcastle when I was younger. So, But outside of Shaka Hislop, um, I, I, I couldn't think of a better keeper to be in an all-time 11 than Schmeichel. Nice one. And Scott, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to assume there's too much dissent from your part either. 
Nah, this is someone who pulls the gloves on himself. I've got a lot of time for Peter Schmeichel, and I think I've waxed lyrical about him in the past four or five different podcasts when he's appeared. Um, so absolutely no disagreements. Um, I'll maybe just take it down a morbid route and say if you haven't seen, if you've seen all these great highlight videos and his goals. Uh, maybe Google his reaction to the leg break and you might be able to see that on YouTube because uh, <laughs> I think that was one for a sore stomach, that. Yes, absolutely. No, no doubt, no doubt. All right, well, let's uh, let's move on to the defence, I'm going to say. Um, so, uh, yeah, Mike, uh, let's uh, let's have a look at your formation really quickly. Maybe that'll give uh, some clues for the guys. Uh, how are we laying out this team? I mean, I've kind of, I think I've, I've tried to go for a traditional 4-4-2. Okay. Uh, I okay. kind of think I think I've gone four four two really. Um, that's how I've tried to lay it out. I'm gone with this sort of weird one three five whatever nonsense. <laughs> I've just gone for a good old traditional four four two. Alrighty. Well, there's your clue, guys. Um, so first up, um, we have a player who has only ever played for one club. Um, he has made. 17 appearances for his national team and has scored one goal. I think that's going to be enough for you to guess with, uh, but Scott, let's see how you I, do. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have got that from those clues. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just these guys, really, to be honest. Is this, is this, uh, I'm, I'm just trying to think traditional Give, give him the position, Andrew. Yeah, I'm thinking of going left back to right back. Is this right, right back, left back? That's true, yeah. Uh, let, this is the right back. This is the right back. Um, 17 international appearances does bring it down quite low um, I'm going to think outside the box with this one I'm going to go along the Spurs lines here and just say Stephen Carr whether he was maybe a bit of a cult hero or no but he was a cult hero. He was a cult hero. He was a cult hero, but uh, kind of fell out with a lot of fans. He kind of when he when he when he moved on to Newcastle, I don't think it was done uh, that well. A lot of fans weren't happy, but oh, he was a, he was a wonderful player, car to to, to, to watch. But Ine, sadly, you wanna... sadly, you're not right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Ine, do you want to give that a guess? I'll be honest, this is a tough one, like. 17 caps really nah I don't know alrighty uh, Mike go ahead and reveal well I've gone for a, a current player and that's probably why he hasn't got many caps I've gone for Trent Alexander-Arnold of Liverpool uh-huh. Uh, you know, I kind of wanted to get some players in uh, playing now rather than you know the 90s or the noughties and again like most other, I'm not a big fan of other clubs. I'm not a massive, I don't really like Liverpool. I was there in Madrid when they beat us in the Champions League final all over within a minute. Um, but if you look at modern fullbacks and the, the you know, and able to not only defend, but get forward and assists and up and down, up and down. And he's probably got many years ahead of him. Again, a, a wonderful player to see. That I think any team in Europe would go, or we we take him in a heartbeat. Alrighty, well, uh, yeah, um, I think there's, um, you know, it's an interesting pick. Uh, Scott, your views on uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold? It's definitely one that's thrown me. I think if I hear a sort of <laughs> low, if I hear low caps, I think I'm going to go down the modern player route now because I was trying to think of somebody that maybe didn't play that much international football, but um, we're along the cult lines. Uh, 
Yes, he's a, a modern fullback. I know I've been quite rigorous in my time to say I'm maybe more of a Gary Stephen. Your, your bread and butter's to defend. Um, I personally see a lot of comparisons between, in fact, himself and probably our own right back James Tavernier. Um, I genuinely think if James Tavernier was playing in the Premier League, he'd probably be ahead of him in the England setup despite his age. Um, so, yeah, maybe not my pick, but I can understand, and I certainly think there's there's going to be plenty to come from. He's very young, so um, I'll maybe look back at this conversation differently in maybe five or six years' time when he's got a bit more under his belt. But no, a terrific player. And look, he's been there and he's got the medal count and he started very successfully. So I, th- I think he'll continue to go on and do good things. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Eddie, your views on uh, TAA? Yeah, I think that's a, a good choice, to be honest. Um, I was going to make the James Tavernier comparison. He's obviously got that attacking ability, um, can assist a goal, knows how to strike a ball. I think to be such a a mainstay in in a really, really successful Liverpool team at such a young age just speaks volumes for the talent that he has. Um, He's one of those players that, even though he plays for a team that you don't particularly like, you don't mind watching a player of his ability playing, as long as it isn't against your own team. Um, And... uh, to have done to accomplish what he has at Liverpool already, and to have 17 caps, I think if we were to do this in three four years, we could probably triple that number of caps. And um, so yeah, no arguments. If you're going to go for a, a, a more modern type fullback, he fits the mould perfectly. So good choice. Good stuff. Alrighty, um, Mike, is your next player? Is this your left back? Well, I mean, I've kind of missed. I mean, they are both naturally right-footed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe they vibe in the same position. There. But I kind of thought I had to put this player in there. One I saw a lot of uh, week in, week out. Uh, incredible pace. Definitely had a rick in him. Definitely had an error in him. But always had the pace to get himself out of trouble. All right. Um, well, uh, if Mike's clues aren't enough, I'll also add that uh, this player got his start at Sheffield United, spent some time on loan uh, back there, as well as uh, QPR and Aston Villa. He's made 68 appearances for his national team. And uh, if Mike's seen a lot of him in person, but he only really follows Spurs, then that probably gives you a little hint as to uh, which team he has played at in the past as well. But, um, Eddie, that's uh, you up first, mate. Yeah, I think I've got it. Um, I was going down the Spurs route once he said that he'd seen him play a lot, and I was trying to think of kind of right-footed players who you could potentially move to the left-back position. So I'm going to take a guess. Don't laugh at me if I'm wildly wrong, but is it Kyle Walker? Correct, Amundo. There you go. Very good. Yeah, Kyle Walker. I mean, I, I was very lucky to see him in the peak potch era, him and Danny Rose and... Um, our final season at White Hart Lane before it got knocked down when we finished unbeaten that season. I, I, You know, there's certain seasons when you follow your team and you can't wait to get to the ground. You can't wait to see them play. Uh, most seasons I haven't felt like that at all. You look at your watch and go, oh God, it's one we better go type thing. But this was definitely that last season with both of them that you couldn't wait to... Uh, to get and see them and a, a, a wonderful player and, and obviously still doing it now, still still doing it Manchester City, left Tottenham to win trophies and you can't really begrudge a player uh, that good who wants to go and, and win some silverware. So uh, he had to go on my team. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, any your views on uh, on Carl Walker, mate? Yeah, he's a he's not someone I would have picked personally, and certainly not a left back. Um, but I can totally understand why you would pick this, especially being a Spurs fan. He was a fantastic player for Spurs, and I mean, you don't end up signing for Man City unless mm. you've got a bit of talent about you, do you? Um, and, and he's he's done it for England, he's done it for Man City, he's done it for Tottenham. So I kind of argue against the, the pick. Um, like I say, probably wouldn't have been my first choice in that position. But I, I think if you're looking for a kind of right-sided left back, if you will, and you're looking for someone that you enjoy watching, then he's the perfect pick for Mike in this instance. Definitely. Uh, Scott, your views? Yeah, certainly along similar thought processes I did when we were getting into that one with the clues. I think I was between him and Danny Rose until I heard Sheffield United. Um, <laughs> that was the sort of clue they gave it for me. Um, but no, like you said, um, a player who at his time at Spurs, it, it, obviously an exciting player to watch. Uh, I very much agree with his pace did dig him out a bit. He, he could maybe have a wee bad touch or whatever, but he had the recovery pace there. But certainly a player I think having then gone on to play with Man City has matured a lot. And he, he does have a much, much more steady touch now. His positioning is excellent, and he's he's not fine to get forward and attack as well. So exciting player to watch, and I can I can totally understand, especially from a personal point of view, having watched him week in week out, wanting to include him in the squad. So yeah, good pick. Lovely stuff. All right, well let's move on to your centre back pairing now, Mike. Um, we've got a well, uh, this is uh, another one of those fun ones where I can't really name the team that he's at because he's only ever played for one team, at least at the senior level. Um, 21 appearances for his national team. Um, and what I'll say is that he played for England between 2002 and 2010 as a hint. Um, Scott, any thoughts? A one club man. Right. I hope they finally got a Spurs one, man. Is it Ledley King? Absolutely. Well yes. Yeah. yes Ledley's <laughs> is in there. Um, again, we're very lucky on the Spurs show. We've had him twice on the Spurs show. Uh, we had him when he just retired as well. And uh, so he's, he's, he's a really lovely, sweet, unassuming man anyway. Uh, incredibly awful injuries. I mean, he was telling us about the injuries. He, you know, just horrific. This, this recurring knee injury that he had for so long, certainly under Red, that would literally do no training during the week and was just wheeled out for the games. Um, you know, kind of had everything, really. Uh, again, like a lot of players at Tottenham in the modern era, it's a shame they didn't win much. Uh, I think all he won with this was uh, uh, probably the League Cup, maybe. maybe the, I think League Cup, I just think. 2008, I think he was... Was he there then? I can't remember. I know Woodgate scored yeah. the winner against Chelsea. I think his uh, uh, on, honours section on Wikipedia is not extensive reading, but he's got a football league cup uh, 2007 to 2008. Yes, that's his right. name. He's also got uh, one Premier League Player of the Month in September 2004. And he's still got his. I think I think he's still got the fastest Premier League goal as well. He he, oh, he, he okay. didn't score many, but he scored one. Up at, I think it was up at Bradford. After about, oh God, it was less than 20 seconds. I don't know if it's been beat in the last year, season or two, but it was certainly for many, many years the fastest goal in the Premier League. Um, wonderful player. Uh, probably only really sort of got his big chance when Sol Campbell 
uh, moved on down the road to the Woolwich Wanderers. Um, but uh, amazing player. And uh, finally on Tottenham High Road, there's now a mural uh, to him that's been erected on the sort of community sort of club. Uh, a lo- lovely picture of, of Ledley. And uh, he's now still a, an ambassador at Tottenham Hotspur, does a lot of work with all the charities and the local communities. And again, there's the famous, there's the famous um, uh, bit of footage on YouTube when we beat Chelsea, who we don't normally beat. And it was Iron Robin was just away, was just away like one-on-one. And King just raced back from nowhere. And just the perfect time tackle was probably, if you took one clip to sum up his playing career, that was it. So uh, Ledley King had to go in it for me. That's an interesting pick for sure. Uh, Scott, your views on Lily King? Um, I think regardless of who you support, you always have a bit of sentiment for a one club man. Uh, it means a lot, especially in modern football. Um, so for a man to have played his entire career, not to say he might not have moved on if, if he'd maybe been not hampered in his later career, but I think he was only about 31, 32 and he retired. So a career, unfortunately, shut, cut short. Um, I remember laterally, I think, I'm sure it was, was Harry Kane in Match of the Day saying, we don't, he doesn't train, we just play him and we bring him out there. So shows the, the, the professional commitment that he had as well and obviously trying doing everything he can to battle through for that jersey. Um, and that says a lot of the man. Um, I think, like you said, he's, he's quite a gentleman. The way he comes on the, the podcast, he's very he's, he's a club ambassador. I think when you look at his career stats as well, the fact that you're centre half and you're only getting eight or nine bookings in your career, that's a very gentlemanly part of the game as well. So it speaks wonders to how he how he read the game and a centre back that wasn't maybe not saying he wasn't physical, but he, he didn't put the boot in when he didn't need to, and he relied on his positional sense and his, his ability to read the game. So. I like seeing a one-club man in there, and I'm very happy with that pick. And that's also the first time we've seen Ledley in a in a EPR in any of our 11s. So very pleased to see that one. Good stuff, uh, Eddie. How about you? I love this pick. I think it's absolutely tremendous. I loved Ledley King when he played. Um, I thought he was a brilliant defender. His positional awareness was absolutely fantastic, and his football intelligence was great. Um, as Scott says, you always appreciate a, a one-club man. Um, although the, one of the main reasons I loved him was because I used to love signing him on Football Manager. Hmm. So he wasn't he wasn't a one club man then because I always used to every career I went, no matter who I was, I always used to try and sign him because he was great on there as well. Um, it, again, it's another one that speaks volumes that he didn't even need to train. I know it was because they were managing him, but the fact that you're willing to let a person not train and pick him week in week out just speaks volumes for how good of a footballer he was. Now you can almost understand it a bit more when it's one of those flair players like if it was a Ronaldo or that but to have a defender who you're saying actually do you know what it is you're so good that actually we're going to let you away with not training because we don't want to hamper you because we know you get serious injuries and think his knee flared up after every game didn't he needs to have injections yeah. and have to let the swelling go down but to have a player who you knew despite not being able to train come Saturday Sunday he was going to go out there and give his all and he was going to be one of your best players you can't ask for much more than that, especially in a centre-back. So, for me, I think that's an absolutely tremendous pick. I love it. Yeah, Redknapp uh, said, uh, unfortunately, that he just had no cartilage left uh, towards the end of his career. Um, so, yeah, it was literally just you can do your exercises and then turn up for the game. Um, unfortunately, his uh, his fastest goal 
uh, records uh, was beaten just after 18 years. So it stood for oh. a long time. Um, but yeah, um, beaten by Shane Long, who scored for Southampton after oh, yes. 7.69 seconds. There we are. There we are. Um, but still, you know, that's uh, some record to have stood for that long as well. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, great pick. Uh, let's move on to the other centre-back position then. Um, we have a, uh, a guy who's played for a few teams, uh, so not a one-club man. Um, started his youth career at West Ham. Uh, he went on to play for them as uh, his senior career. Uh, spent some time out on loan at Bournemouth and uh, had a brief spell at Leeds United before moving on to another club where he was quite successful. Um, finished up at Queen's Park Rangers. Uh, Idi, I'm going to let you. Uh, oh, this is my guess. I can, I can hear. I, I can hear. <laughs> yes, I'm just keeping you on your toes, boys. Don't you worry. <laughs> You're Ferdinand. Correct. Yeah, I had. You know, again, uh, as, as I've said before, it's always very difficult to sort of give credits to rival players that always used to come to the lane and play well and walk away normally with three points. But again, a Rolls Royce of a player just again had the pace at the right time. You mentioned earlier about the positioning of Ledley King. Ferdinand's positioning was great. Comes across as a very nice guy. Obviously, you know, had personal tragedy in his life and has come through it. And uh, I, I'm not a fan of most football pundits on television, but Ferdinand's one that I'll listen to and not sort of throw things at the telly at. And uh a very classy player and, you know, in probably still one of the most successful Premier League teams in history. So I think for those reasons, he he, he had to go on my side. Yeah, it's a name that's uh, come up before, I think, in the in the previous shows that we've done. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, someone who's picked by... Uh... Uh, but, uh, by Ferguson rather to uh, to be a core of his defence is uh, certainly uh, someone who's highly rated. But Idi, your uh, your views on uh, on Rio Ferdinand? Yeah, I, th- I think we've mentioned him a few times, and I think for me, <clears throat> out of the the two Man United centre backs, Vidic was my favourite, but Ferdinand uh, I think was the best of the two. Um, I, I think. When you look at the the players and and the position, Rio Ferdinand for me is probably the best centre back that's played in the Premier League over the the Premier League um, era. To I think he broke the transfer record twice, did he? When he went to Leeds and when he went to Man United. Yeah, that's correct. He did. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. <laughs> if two um, two clubs who were successful at that time and chasing more success are willing to break transfer records for you then you've definitely got something about you, haven't you? Again, comes from a really good footballing family, cousins with Les Ferdinand, obviously his brother Anton played as well and played up the road here. at Saint, Well, in Scotland, obviously, I don't live in Scotland, but played up in Scotland with St. Mirren. So to come from a, a really successful footballing family and be the most successful of that family just shows how good of a player you've got to be. So again, another great pick. And like I say, for me, probably the best centre-back that's actually played in the Premier League. So you can't argue against having him in the all-time 11. Nice one. Uh, Scott, yeah? Any uh, any thoughts on Rio? Uh, yeah, I, I remember, remember him for his time at Ellen Road. Uh, obviously, I think Leeds only got 18 months out of him but before he moved on again, uh, again for the second record fee. But uh, what he did in that, that short period of time was integral to that, that uh, semi-final run that they had in the Champions League and then 
Uh, obviously, he took the he took the captaincy at such a young age as well, off of Lucas Radaby. Uh, at least so shows how much he was he was going to be a stalwart in that team until Man United did the, obviously swoop in for him. Uh, I think when it comes to that, not that I speak fondly of Man United too much, uh, I, I agree with Eddie that Rio was one of the best that's played in the Premier League. But when it comes down to picking one or the other, I usually go for Vidic. <laughs> and I don't know whether that's just the wanting to have a bit of a, a psychopath in my team or not. But um, yeah, I, I totally understand why he's in there. And yeah, I've got, I've got memories of him outside the Man U shot. Yeah, I mean, a guy who uh, made the Premier League Team of the Year 2001-2002 and then also in 2012-2013, I think also speaks to the longevity of his career as well. Um, you know, how well he performed at the kind of peak of his uh, powers there. So, yeah, great pick. And I, I don't think it's going to be the last time we uh, we see him on this show for sure. Um, all righty, let's move into the midfield then. Um First up, we've got a guy who uh, played for LA Galaxy in the latter part of his career, but also played for uh, one team for a good number of years. And I think he was relatively successful there, you know, did quite well. Um, He's probably someone who uh, we will be familiar with as well on a Rangers podcast. But Scott, you know, I think I've probably given you enough clues now. Who do you think? I can see Eddie going to go into the group chat and get raging about me getting this one. <laughs> <laughs> Already done it, mate. Already done it. <laughs> I was awaiting a notification there. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go with Stephen Gerrard. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, again, uh, actually, in fairness, the sort of late 90s, we, we kind of, when Liverpool weren't, weren't winning anything, uh, we kind of had a decent record, certainly at home at White Hart Lane against Liverpool. But he was just one player, just had it all in midfield, you know, strong in the tackle, could drive the ball forward, skillful, scored some extraordinary long-range efforts. Obviously, most famously in that West Ham FA Cup final, it looked like West Ham finally won something since 1980. He scored that sort of equalising in the dying seconds and stuff. Just a great player, has gone on and at a young age, did very well at Aston Villa, or is at Aston Villa now. Obviously, did incredibly well for you guys. Uh, turning round the situation you found yourself in as a club. Uh, there was belief in him, didn't have any track record. But my God, just his presence, you know, whether you've had great players in that team or not, his presence clearly rubbed off on so many. And if you couldn't get up for playing for Stevie Gerrard, you really shouldn't be a professional footballer. And I hope he goes on to continue managing at the top level. And uh, again, kind of, as I said before, I, I, you know, I'm not a big fan of any other Premier League teams at all. I dislike most of them, <laughs> but I had to put Stephen Gerrard in, in, in an all-time Premier League eleven. Yeah, similar to Rio Ferdinand, he's uh, he's a name that's come up a few times, um, and I don't think this will be the last time we see him either. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll let the guys uh, give their thoughts on Stephen Gerrard um, if there's anything new to say. I think. <laughs> Uh, Scott, how about you, mate? I think I've said before, he's uh, that goal against Olympiacos is actually part of the intro music, the commentary to that. Um, he was always there when he needed them for his club. Um, he would roll up his sleeves and he'd go out there and he'd die for the badge. So I think the only the only shame at Rangers was we actually only got him as a manager because I, I think the majority of us would have loved to have seen him there even for a season laterally. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, Mike, uh, that attitude, a born winner, um, albeit never lifted a Premier League title but I mean he knew what it was to give everything for his, his jersey and he, he wouldn't settle for anything less when he went out 
and uh, leaving everything that he had out there on the pitch. So certainly, I think he's left us in a much better place than he found us. Um, and I share share that. I hope that he gets back to managing at the top level again one day. For sure. Um, and he has lifted a Premier League trophy, just never as a player, unfortunately. Um, he did. He, I think he got one with Rangers, right? I think I remember that vaguely. Um, Eddie, how about you, mate? Your views on uh, Steven Gerrard? Don't like him. Don't rate him. Terrible pick. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I've, I've said before, when he actually played, I wasn't a fan of his, mainly because um, he was good and I didn't like Liverpool. So my dislike for him as a player came through purely because of the talent that he had. He was the kind of player who you knew if Liverpool were down a goal, down to even three really, as we've seen, but um, he would be the one that would be able to pull them back into it, get the team on his back and drive that, that squad forward. So he's a great pick. He's someone that you could rely on being a captain in your team. Someone who, if he is needed to dig deep and to really kind of bring out the best in everyone, he's your man to do it. But at the same time, if you're winning and you're looking for the sensible approach and to calm the game down, you could do that as well. He had both aspects to his game. Um, I think he was very unfortunate. He obviously didn't win a Premier League with Liverpool, but also unfortunate not to win a major trophy with England as well because he played in a, a really good England team and was one of their better players. But that midfield was just so packed it was difficult for them to decide what to do. And that's probably what kind of made them come undone at the major tournaments. Um, but as far as individual ability and effort go, you're going to struggle to find a, a more solid midfielder, to be honest. So great pick again. And I, I like uh, Scott's little dig at the end. You'd like to see him managing at the top level again someday. <laughs> well played, Scott. Thought that went under the radar there. <laughs> You're, by the way, see, see before we're recording the Liverpool podcast, that can we make sure this hasn't healed? <laughs> <laughs> right, let's move swiftly on uh, before uh, Scott gets us in more trouble. Um, and, uh, yeah, your next uh, midfield choice here, Mike. Um Probably a player who um, who was most well-known for playing at one club, but he also played for Nottingham Forest, uh, made 67 appearances for his national team, um, spent a brief time north of the border as well. Um, what do you think? Do you feel like I've uh, given enough clues, Eddie? Yeah, work with I, I think I've got enough clues for that. Um, I'm guessing he would have had more international caps if he hadn't abandoned his national country in their time of need. <laughs> So I'm going to go with Roy Keane. Yeah, correct. I mean, it's I mean, I mean, it's probably testament to how well Liverpool United have done in the Premier League era that I've had to kind of pick begrudgingly Liverpool and United players. Uh, I saw Keane very early at Not- Nottingham Forest. He was very young when we last won the FA Cup in 1991. Keane was in that 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 team. Brian Clough's only sort of FA Cup final appearance that we we known as the you know the Gaza getting cropped final uh, and a bizarre game of football we came through and obviously he went on and you look at that great Manchester United team and he was the sort of to me the linchpin he was that player probably not the most skillful player probably you know but we, if you wanted someone to get stuck in and wind players up and wind I mean we hated him when he used to come to White Hart Lane hated him with a passion but you you know you kind of applaud them off the pitch a bit like um you know when when we played you guys this weekend in the fr- it was only a friendly but yet 
you know, later on near the end of the game, whether you like them or not, there was rich applause for Harry Kane and Hommin's son as they won off because true football fans, true football fans can respect great players. And, and That's Roy, back then. Roy Controversy Keane. on Rangers Twitter, by the way, Mike. Uh, really? What? Yeah. I just think it's a friendly the, for young, God's sake. You yeah, know. There's a few people weren't too happy with us applauding them off. I, I I think if you're a true football fan, and again, that doesn't really mean anything, you know, I think you're perfectly in your rights. And, and a player that obviously plays in another league, league so you're not going to watch week in, week out, at least show your applause and go, yeah, this, this, this is a great player. And Roy Keane was a great player. I didn't like, you know, I hated him when we used to play against them. And, you know, famously, I think it was he that always, before they played us, would turn around at the dressing room and go, lads, it's Tottenham. You know, that was the famous soft underbelly of Tottenham Hotspur. That was the team talk before they ran out against us. And he was right. And uh, an extraordinary pundit. We talked about Ferdinand going on. An incredible pundit. Become a bit of a double act now with Micah Richards. And I don't know how much has played up there. But when Keane talks, you you listen. And, uh, you know, I know as an Irish player, the only kind of player who I never saw because I was too 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 young I wasn't born the only player that I imagine he's like when you talk great Scottish uh, midfielders is a kind of Dave Mackay character barrel chested went out there and by god you you'd want him in in, in, in your team simple as that lovely stuff um well yeah uh, let's get the thoughts of the boys then uh Eddie, you're up first uh what do you make of Roy Kane so when I was younger, this kind of Premier League era time for Roy Keane, I also liked Newcastle. I used to support them um, as a kid because my family are from Newcastle. I was actually born around that area. Um, and he played for Man United. So I don't know, instantly I don't like him for that. And then my, my main team's always been Rangers and he played for Celtic. So again, instantly, don't like him for that. He played for Republic of Ireland, so wasn't particularly keen on that. And he managed Sunderland. So, you know, <laughs> he, he's certainly a guy that went out of his way to be completely disliked by me. But that all being said, I loved his style of play. I love that tough, combative midfielder. It doesn't back down. We'll get involved in anything. But he wasn't just a tough man. He, he had, like you said, he had a little bit of skill. wasn't always that evident, but great at passing the ball as well. Um, and... Like you say, you know, he could lead that kind of team talk. I know he was insulting Tottenham when he was saying it, but he was saying what needed to be said to get them up. And you see that when he's when he's um, a pundit now as well. You've mentioned he's really interesting to watch. He comes out with some cracking lines, and which has led to some really good memes as well. So he's continued to provide the footballing world with gold right up into his, into his retirement. So yeah, I like him. Um, he was a great player. He did us a favour when he went to sell it because I don't think they were particularly successful while he was there. So, you know, a bit of a thanks for that as well. Um, but all in, you know, he's a great midfielder. You know, if you're going to have a, a really good attacking players, you need that kind of steely, hard man midfielder and he's going to provide you with that. So, yep, good pick. Uh, yeah, Scott, I almost dread to ask, but your views on Robbie Keane, mate. Um, <clears throat> well, removing who he played for away from it. I genuinely actually all right. I was I was okay with Roy Keane. Um, I liked him. I've always had that appreciation for a for a, a tough midfielder. Not the likes of some of your plastic hard men that you see nowadays. This this is somebody that would go in and 
be willing to take the ball and be more than willing to take the man. So, and I think it's a it's a dying breed. You're not going to see much of that going forward. I think these sort of hard midfielders have been replaced with the likes of your Angolo Cantes, who mm. are more there in terms of positioning and speed and nicking the ball rather than mm. taking the man and taking the ball. So, I like Roy Keane as a player. Um, despite who he played for. Um, also, I never thought we'd get to mention Clyde FC, um, but his debut for Celtic was in that famous victory for Clyde um, at Broadwood Stadium. A 2-1 going on 5-1 with the amount of disallowed goals over there. So, so some fond memories there, and he's certainly given us a lot of meme capacity. And as somebody who's maybe slightly older than his years uh, at heart, I certainly agree with his analysis of the likes of your Pogba's and your Lingard's and your... You're TikTok loyal, if we say that, rather than... I mean, he's the type of guy who went off the park and it was a one-all droid wanting to punch the dressing room in. So I appreciate that sort of spirit and that sort of anger within a player. And I think it's, it's, it's a dying breed. Bringing Clyde FC up on a Premier League All-11. Game's gone. Game's gone. <laughs> just, this is well, like that Alan Shearer one trying to fit Lionel Richie songs in. <laughs> Well, just for a wee peek behind the curtain as well, uh, just before the podcast started, I had to clarify with Mike because uh, he'd only specified Keane and I didn't know if he'd meant uh, the other uh, Keane who also spent a lot of time at Celtic because um, he was a, was a Spurs man. Um, but yeah, I, I think um, on balance, he certainly made the right call uh, with that one, Mike. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's move on to, uh, to your next pick in midfield. Um player who's played for Lille and Real Madrid um, made 120 appearances for his uh, international team scoring 33 goals um, Scott is it you up first just, just 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 clarifying here is this your left midfielder your right midfielder or are, are we going that way or are we going another <laughs> centre midfielder I just or? well I, I I just went for the Two that can kind of play out wide and drift in. I, I, I didn't sort of think any more than that, if I'm honest. He'll play on the wing, I, I think is fair to say, um, in this team. If we've got Gerard and Keane sitting, I think yeah. uh, your next two are... He'd be wider, absolutely. Yeah, your next two are, are the wingers, uh, so including this guy. So, Lille, Real Madrid, 120 appearances for uh, his national team. Right. Um, there's only one player I can think of that played for Lille and Real Madrid. Um, so, I'm going to have to go. I was It's a surprise, especially coming from a sports fan, but I'm going to say Aiden Hazard. Yeah, correct. And it's a surprise that I put him in. I kind of thought, you know, when I was doing the list, I went, who's... Because, you know, I, I'll tell you now that there's no Arsenal players in this team, despite the invincibles <laughs> and all. There's absolutely none whatever <laughs> Chelsea obviously another big rival but when I started you know, I thought of maybe Gianfranco Zola uh wonderful player to watch but this this player uh you know was almost like a sort of typical Tottenham player he had the skill um took your breath away edge of the seat stuff scored many many goals against us most notably in the sort of famous infamous battle of Stamford Bridge the season that Leicester won the league that uh, we were two 0 up there, and he got a last minute goal to make it two all, which meant mathematically uh, we couldn't win the title. Not that we, most Spurs fans thought we were going to do it anyway at that stage. 
But just a wonderful player to watch. And, I mean, you mentioned that they've gone to Real Madrid. Whether it's injuries or not too sure, it just hasn't worked for him yet in Spain. But was just a, a wonderful player to watch. So I was trying to be, you know, dignified in my choice that even though he was at Chelsea, I, I can appreciate a, a great player. Yeah, for sure. Um, Scott, your uh, your views on uh, Eden Hazard? Uh, yeah, I, I liked him. I think the worst thing he's done in his career is go to Real Madrid because um, mm-hmm. he's just he's just not off the ground there. Um, yeah. Obviously, a club legend, a Premier League legend. Um, I was just going to say when you were saying there about his, one of his famous goals, I was like, that's got to be that one he put top corner, and I'm pretty sure that was that was the midweek game or something mm-hmm. like that. That would yeah. uh, given Leicester near enough the title. Yeah. Um, so I remember that, but no player could hit a set piece, could beat. You say could beat a man, could beat three or four men quite comfortably. Pay, again, not being the tallest player, but you see that with a lot of great wingers that not being so tall gives them the, the ability to get the acceleration. It was rapid over a couple of yards, just and you couldn't get near him. So I, I liked, despite not having any such Chelsea affiliation, I, I liked watching Eden Hazard, and I think I think he's still maybe not maybe not in this sort of last tournament, but again, World Cup 2016, I'm sure. Um, he did put in a, a good few notable performances for Belgium, so um, it's I don't I don't think I ever see it working out for him at uh, Real Madrid now. And I know there's talks of him maybe terminating his contract or going elsewhere and stuff like that. But um, I'd like to see him maybe have another sort of steady season, maybe before he gets to hanging up his boots. But no, great packing actually. Again, uh, first time I've seen him in uh, any of our 11s. Yeah, I uh, forgot to mention that, but yeah, he's a new one for uh, for the series. So, um, well, for both series. Um, but yeah, Eddie, your views. So I have the unique situation here of having actually seen him play for Belgium more than I've seen him play for Chelsea or any club, to be honest. Um, just because I, I kind of drifted away from watching the Premier League for a wee while. And because I, I'm Welsh, um, obviously we played Belgium a, a ton of times over the last few years. And he... Uh, He's just magnificent to watch when he was playing against us. Um, and we've had some favourable results against them, but just whenever he was on the ball, I was always scared that he was going to score and that would be the goal that kind of ended any chance of a Welsh victory. But um, yeah, great pick again. Like you say, like Scott said, I think it was, he's brilliant with a set piece. Could take on three, four men in one goal. And um, I'm just, I'm surprised it hasn't worked with, worked out from at Real Madrid, especially after he put so much effort in to actually get the move mm. to go there. He, he kind of forced that move through, but I don't know if he's kind of been unfortunate in that he's almost a modern day Galactico in a Real Madrid team that's moved past a Galactico era. And they kind of more rely on some of their kind of lesser big names and, and bring him through some unknowns now. Um, but, you know, there's still plenty of time left and he's, he's still uh, still kicking on for Belgium as well and has the fortunate of playing with his brother for Belgium, which I'm sure must be nice. So yeah, good pick. And again, it's nice to see a new name in the team. Definitely. I mean, um, he made the team of the year four times, I think in his time at Chelsea. Um, so, you know, quality is, uh, is certainly there for all to see. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's move on, uh, to your other winger, Mike. Um, this is going to be a tricky one for me, um, but I'll do my best to try and obfuscate who this guy is. Um, started at Southampton, uh, made a move to Spurs, 
played for a couple of other teams since then. <laughs> um, and uh, has made 106 appearances for his international team, scoring 40 goals. Idi, uh, this is your guess. Yeah, so <clears throat> Southampton Spurs and made that many international appearances. It's always always going to be one person, um, especially <laughs> when you say winger. And anyone who knows my personal Twitter, you can search this person's name against my name, and I've mentioned him many a time. <laughs> um, and it'd be Gareth Bale. Yeah, correct. Uh, you know, again, so lucky in all my years of going to Spurs to, to watch this player week in, week out. Um, I, I was about to say this pomp, but I mean, one could argue just some extraordinary things at Real Madrid. Came to Tottenham, very young player, uh, didn't work out. He, Contrary to what he's gone on to say, how Redknapp nearly put him out on loan to Nottingham Forest. He had this awful record where whenever he was in the team, we wouldn't win. Uh, finally, we were like 4-0 up against the team and they brought him on as a sub. And then just you talk about certain players whose physique completely changes and they just sort of go from sort of teenager to this buff, you know, person. And that was Gareth Bale, and obviously famously our, our first Champions League appearance in 2010, the extraordinary night when he came of age on the world stage at the San Siro, where I think we had our keeper sent off 10-minute men, 4-0 down to Inter Milan, and then he scored a, a, an extraordinary hat-trick <laughs> in a space of about 10 minutes. Uh, and then the uh, return leg, the famous taxi for Micron game, where... Probably one of the greatest individual performances I've ever seen from a footballer that night from Gareth Bell, where his pace was incredible. One of the great glory, glory nights at the lane. We beat the then European champions, the uh, champions Inter Milan, 3-1. Then even under Andre Villas-Boas, which was a bit of a weird time for Tottenham fans, Bell was the reason you went home and away to watch them because of what he could do. And uh, obviously we're all very, very sad to see him go. Um, went on to have an incredible career. Came back annoyingly during lockdown. So apart from one or two games when a few hundred fans were let in, none of us saw his return. There was rumours of when he would come back to Tottenham. He's obviously gone to America, but just an extraordinary player to watch and seems like a very nice, unassuming guy as well. Yeah, I was debating uh, throwing out the clue that, you know, he was better known for his golfing than uh, than any kind of footballing uh, stuff. But I felt like that might be a bit too easy. But, uh, Idi, you know, I'll let you talk about your fellow countrymen here, mate. The only footballer that my wife is jealous of. (laughs) During that um, European Championships of Portugal, I think I must have been speaking his name in my sleep. I absolutely love Gareth Bale two bits. He's driven my country on so much and provided us with... I I honestly had reached the point where I just assumed I'd never see Wales play in a major tournament. And then when Gareth Bale kind of came to that point, where, which Mike referenced, where he just suddenly, his whole physique just changed and it was like going from Bruce Banner to the Incredible Hulk. And he just kicked on and became this kind of world, world class player to me. For me personally, the best in the world at the time, but I might be slightly biased. Um, he just seemed to have it all. He had pace. He had a, a, immense set pieces. Free kicks were unreal. He had skill. He had a powerful shot. He just had everything. And then to go to Real Madrid, he's won five Champions Leagues there. I know it's the end of his time at Real Madrid became a bit sour because Zidane was being a bit of a jerk and the club were letting him down and 
you know, the Spanish press run is back and I'm just going to blame every single person involved apart from Gareth here. Okay. But the, the, for the most of his career, he carried Ronaldo when he was there. He's just an absolutely phenomenal player. And I'm surprised he wasn't picked in the last team. I don't think he was. Um, and I'll be very surprised if we don't hear him picked in more teams. But for me, he is the, the kind of the best player that you could pick in one of these 11s personally. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think he uh, ever made uh, any of the World 11s uh, that I can recall. He did make one. Sure. He did oh, okay. make one. Oh. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, three times, three years in a row, uh, Premier League Team of the Year um, before, you know, leaving to uh, to other pastures. Uh, Scott, how about you? Your views on uh, Gareth Bale? Um, yeah, what's not to like? Uh, I, th- I think as Mike said, it just seeing this this boy come into a team and his stature certainly. I mean, he muscled up, he put the beef on, he t- turned into a man in that Tottenham team. Maybe it still didn't grow into his ears, but um, he, he got a lot bigger. And then I, I remember that night again against Inter, um, the, the first one, uh, just this this kid breaking onto the scene, scoring a hat trick, and it was brilliant to watch. And then. I think as a part of his sentimentally as well going on, like, he's a Welsh guy actually and then you've seen him go in there and he, he does like what Ronaldo does for Man United he drags his team no matter what yeah. he just leaves everything out there and he, he, he seems to go up another level when, when he's relied upon I think he's done that at Madrid and I think he's been treated quite shoddily <laughs> I don't think Madrid have I, I know he's he signed off with a very classy letter on his departure um, it's a shame to see him go to America. Um, I know we. It's a waste. An I know. Waste. Over, I know over here we do. We do tend to sort of look down in the league, and we know it's it's improving quality wise over there. But I think I think most of us over here tend, regardless of whether you're a fan of the Scottish league or the English league, when you you look at a player going to America, they're going for ah, that's them. They're, they're visa retirement doing a, a good good paycheck at the end of it rather than a guy coming back that could have played for any team in that Premier League and slotted in nicely. So. Um, yeah, highly rate Gareth Bale, and as we said, I think that's the, the first time we've seen him on this series. It, it definitely won't be the last. Mm. Can I just add as well, him um, addressing the LA fans in Spanish was absolute top tier. Fair play to him for that one. I do like some shit house today as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think we're you know in a position to denigrate the uh, MLS here. You know, it's made fine appearances against Nashville SC and Sporting Kansas City, which just don't sound like real football clubs to me. Um, but yes, let's uh, let's move on to your front two then, Mike. Um, mm-hmm. First up, then um, started uh, at Ridgeway Rovers uh, and. Although you said you didn't pick any Arsenal players, uh, this player actually yeah, did yeah. spend a season in his youth uh, over there. Um, also played uh, for Watford uh, during his youth career. Um, he's then, pretty much for his entire senior career, played uh, at uh, one club, but has spent uh, time out on loan to Leighton Orient, Millwall, Norwich City and Leicester City. Um 73 appearances for his uh, country and 50 goals. Um, so that's a fairly decent ratio. Um, who's up for the first guess? I think that'll be Scott, right? Yeah, it's Scott. Yes, yes, he banged two in against Rangers. Can we move on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I had to put in Harry Kane uh, again. I'm privileged when I look back at my time watching Tottenham. I was too young to see Jimmy Greaves. Uh, still regarded 
by most certainly English football fans as the greatest goal scorer of all time, who sadly passed away not too long ago. But Harry Kane has been incredible to see. You mentioned the amount of loan moves. You know, no one saw it. You talk about players whose physiques change. No one saw it at Tottenham at all. And uh, I remember when he broke into the team, we had Roberto Soldado, our big sort of signing from Spain, who we all liked as fans because he was a trier, but he couldn't put the ball in the net. And I think it was um, Europa League game, certainly one I went to actually uh, against uh, Hearts, won 5-0 and probably Europa League. I think it was a qualifier or group stage. I can't remember now. And he started scoring and all Spurs fans are like, well, you kind of, you've got to put him in a league game. You can't, our strike is so bad. You've got to give this kid a chance. And we never looked back. And I think he really came of age. Um, I can't remember the year now, but we beat Chelsea on, on New Year's Day 5-3. This was the Chelsea, you know, that just won the title. And he was magnificent. And that was when we all realised we've we've got a proper player here. And I think as we record this, I think he's now scored 183 goals for Tottenham. The Greaves record for Tottenham is 220. It looked like he was going to leave the beginning of last season to Manchester City. Most Spurs fans couldn't begrudge him going on. We're glad he didn't. And, and thankfully now we've got a decent coach. It looks like he's been revitalised as player. And as long as he stays in injury free, uh, I think he will become clearly Tottenham Hotspurs and England's greatest ever goal scorer. Had to go in this side. That's, that's high praise there, Mike. Um, but yeah, Scott, I'll, uh, I'll let you talk about uh, Harry Kane, uh, someone you've obviously got personal fond memories of. <laughs> <laughs> what can you say about He's kind of show a striker of that calibre on his. I say he's good foot, he's capable of scoring with both, but showing him on his right and just curling that top bin. No keeper in the world saving that. Great, great finish. Second one was just as good a finish as well. Uh, I, I like Harry Kane. Um, I've never I've never been one of the, the whole hype train around him, and, and I, I, I don't think he's a player that gets too overhyped, but. I think when it comes to the international level, I know he, I, I personally think he will go on to break the England goal-scoring records. Um, but I think at World Cups, and I, th- I think he's very, far too heavily relied upon. Um, I think he's maybe he maybe pulls more than his weight <laughs> at certain times in that. Um, in the Premier League, I think I, 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 had, I had the privilege of speaking to a couple of Spurs fans prior to the friendly uh, prior to this season and um, obviously they, they're giving the ins and outs of Harry Kane one of them said to me they were like he's now stay, he, he's going to stay with Spurs and he'll he'll be there until he gets the record that's that's his goal regardless of regardless of, I, I, I don't want to sound <laughs> pessimistic by any, by any means by saying he sacrificed tro- instant trophies with the likes of Man City by not taking the move um, I think he's probably done the common sense thing. I know he was heavily linked with Man United for a good while, but I think he's done the more sensible thing, staying at Spurs there. But credit to him for that, and he's shown loyalty to the club. He's been a, an excellent role model, uh, a very good club captain, and just an all-round sort of a, a nice guy, a likable guy. Um, you don't see him going out and getting disgraced and 
being over the top. And that's not to say, like, don't get me wrong, Tottenham could win the Premier League this year, and you see, you, you find that he's woke up bullet naked in the Trivalga Square fountain or something like that. But... We, all will, we, all, we all do that <laughs> if we win the league, don't you worry. <laughs> um, but no, I can see why he's in here. I, I, I've got a bit of respect for him staying loyal. I, I've always got a respect for a player that's got the loyalty, and I think he'll go for the record. Um, I just don't know where he would have maybe a ranked playing at another club. And I think, I, I don't know what it is about it. I just, I think he would probably be less successful in the goals front if he played at another club, whereas he would maybe have more trophies. Um, I, I think it's just, that's the sort of balance I'm trying to strike on him. But no, I, I can't disagree with him being in, involved in a, an EPL 11. And as soon as I, as soon as I heard the loan, the loan moves, that's that summed it up for me. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Hurricane, why not? I'll, I'll, forgive, yeah. I'll forgive him because it was a friendly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it's a qualifier or a group game, we might have a different view, you know. Mm. Um, but we'll see. Uh, well, five times in the Premier League team of the year. So, you know, undoubted quality. And, uh, yeah, I guess that would be the great unknown. You know, what what if, um, you know, he ever did make that move? But he is where he is and uh, certainly doing quite well uh, by all accounts. Uh, Iddy, how about you? Your, uh, your views on Hurricane? So Scott said there that he's, he doesn't think he's overhyped too much. I think he's massively underhyped. Mm. I think anytime you talk about Harry Kane, people go to great lengths to talk it down. They say, like, he's done this and he's done that, but why is there a but? He's a fantastic player. He's a world-class striker. I mean, even if you look at... he got Did he get the golden boot at that World Cup where they made it to the semi-final yeah. against Croatia? And then people go, yeah, but, you know, one was a penalty and one was a penalty you can only score against who you can score against. Every goal counts. I mean, they don't suddenly not count because it's a penalty against Guatemala or whatever. It's still a goal. But, but people are always looking for a reason to talk him down. And the only reason to do that is because they know he's better than what they've got. This We're talking about a, a striker who, for all intents and purposes, is almost certainly going to end up Tottenham's all-time scorer, the Premier League's all-time goal scorer, and England's all-time goal scorer. I mean, that that is fantastic achievement and it just shows what type of a world-class player he is we were up at the game um, when they played rangers in the friendly and my son who is seven he's a, a rangers fan but obviously he's born down here in england um he was like oh dad am i gonna get to see harry kane and now for for a lad who's a rangers fan and always looks forward to going to see rangers and spends all his time i only go back to ibrox and go by ibrox this time it was all about am i gonna get to see harry kane because even he knows how good he is just from hearing people in school talking about him, watching him play in the tournaments and that. So for me, I, I think he's a great choice. Um, you've seen that, I mean, during that game against us, for the first half, I was like, oh, we've done all right. This is going okay. We're really, uh, we're holding our own. And then all of a sudden, Harry Kane got two moments of sheer class and it was like, yeah, okay. that That's uh, that's the Harry Kane that I was expecting. And, and he's shown us kind of where that level jumps up slightly Um so for me, I think he's a, a really good choice. I would happily see him in any any all-time 11 Premier League teams. Great stuff. All right, Mike, we're down to the final player now. Yeah. Um, this one was a little bit tricky to uh, to find uh, clues that would be instantly <laughs> guessable. Um, but uh, played for uh, Hamburger and Bayer Leverkusen, um, as well as one other uh, club for his senior career uh, has made 102 appearances for his national team and uh, 33 goals um, in his time there. So um, yeah, let's uh, let's go with Idi. 
see how uh, see who we can guess for here. Well, <laughs> going on the theme of we've got a Tottenham guest on, and I can only think of one player who's played for Hamburg and Hamburg and ended up at the Premier League. I'm going to have to go with Son. Could have said Rafael van der Vaart. I think was he at Hamburg as well at Tottenham, but there we are. Oh, are yeah, at- he was. Every, oh, every yeah, go, but then he's not a striker. But you're absolutely right. Hamburg sold the one yeah. to Leverkusen. I was, I was annoyed <laughs> about that at the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, probably wouldn't go many players' teams, but you talk about under-height player, Honmin's son, under-height player, shared, shared the golden boot last season. Not even like an out-and-out striker as well. Um and just has been this player that's just his consistency is incredible. You know, doesn't I mean he's had a few injuries but nothing major. Incredible f- infectious player. Uh, the amount of South Koreans that fly over now to to follow Tottenham is incredible. We've just played some games in South Korea. They sold out in minutes. Sixty thousand fans there. He's a god in 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 South Korea. An incredible player skillful pace uh, I was at that game against Burnley where he won the Ferrick Pushkas goal of the season extraordinary goal from his own penalty box beating every single player and running through just to be there was just and to see a goal like that was something special and um, his partnership with Kane I think they are now the best partnership for goals and assists in Premier League history beating, is it Drogba and Lampard? I think they beat quite easily. They have this kind of sixth sense, you know, one will drop back and play the other one in and vice versa. They're both more than just strikers. They're both great passers of the ball. Kane probably drops back more than Sun does. He'll he'll look for the Sun run, um, which uh, we beat Manchester City uh, last season uh, in Manchester. And there was that first goal where Kane doesn't even have to look. He just knows where Sun's made that run. And I think it's Kulisevsky finally put the ball in the net. And I just think just for their record alone uh, of just the best partnership in the Premier League, he had to go in before any other striker. I think it's certainly the first time he's made uh, an appearance here um, uh, in in either of the two series that we've done. But, uh, but yeah, I think uh, certainly, uh, uh, Mike, with your uh, background as a Spurs podcast, um, there are only going to be a few options that you'd go for here. Um, Eddie, let's get your views on uh, on uh, on this guy first. Yeah, I like it again. Uh, I mean, I'll caveat with I probably if I was picking my all time Premier League eleven, I don't think I would be picking him personally. But when you're coming, when you put a guest on who's a Spurs fan, you're expecting that kind of Spurs touch to it. I can certainly see the appeal. Um, especially when you've got Kane up front already, so you've you've got yourself a tailor-made partnership, um, one that knows each other really well. He's lightning fast. I mean, the guy is just so fast it's unreal. He's both-footed, so you can use him across. You know, if you're doing a four-four-two, then he's he's fine at either part of the two. But if you're doing a four-three-three, you can play him right across the front front three. Um, so you know what you're getting. You've got. A guy with an eye for a pass, but also can finish a ball left-footed or right-footed. Um, also, he, now I'm sure I read during COVID-19 he went back to Korea and did his army service because I think they have they have national services kind of a, a 
um, thing over there. Everybody has to yeah. do it. But so, he was exempt because he'd played in the Olympics or something. But then mm. during COVID, he decided to go across and do it anyway. So obviously very loyal to his country, a, a strong sense of uh, pride in being South Korean, um, which is great to see because it's not a country that's or previously that's been massively um, represented in the Premier League, at least. I know there's been a few South Koreans playing in Europe. I think we've had him and Park played for Man United, and that's the only two I can think of in the Premier League. But just shows he's a really great ambassador for his country as well. So, you know, a thoroughly decent guy with bags of ability. So, yeah, I like it. Nice pick. Good stuff. Um, Yeah, I wanted to bring up this... uh, Interesting stat that I found uh, doing my research. He's uh, scored the first goal under each of Tottenham's last three permanent managers. Um, I'm not sure if that's just a reflection on his quality or that Tottenham go through quite a few managers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> retro um, phase, yeah. Indeed, indeed. Uh, Scott, how about you? Your your views on Son Heung-Ming? Well, I, I remember him fondly. Well, say fondly. I remember him fondly for his time at Hamburg. Um, See him play over there in the flesh a couple of times, very young. Uh, I think he was only about maybe 17, 18 when he signed. Uh, might have been even younger than that. I'm sure he came through the development squad when he came over. Uh, holds a record for the youngest goal scorer for Hamburg in the Bundesliga. Uh, 18 years and I'll scratch the amount of days because I don't know it offhand. Um, but no, he, I remember watching him and uh, the first the first time I seen him was a pre-season game. And... Uh, Every pre-season, it seemed to be this was the hype. This was he, this was going to be his year. This was going to be his year. I think one pre-season he scored some like twenty goals in ten games or something like that. I mean, don't get me wrong. Usual likes here opposition, maybe dry a Liga and regional West, whatever. But at the same time, he was banging them away and he was getting played as a sort of wide midfielder at that point. Um, and latterly, as he started to improve for Hamburg, they moved him in uh, to centre forward role, and that's what sort of got him his his big move to Leverkusen. And he repaid us on his bloody first game against Hamburg and scored a hat-trick against them. Oh. So, um, yeah, a player that's used quality for years and he's only getting better. Um, he's still not the oldest player. I still think there's plenty more to come from in the Premier League. Um, and whether or not he adds maybe a, a, a European trophy to that or whether he adds a, a couple more cups or, or indeed a Premier League title, he's certainly capable of doing so. I, honestly, as a player, I've got a lot of time for I, I love watching him play. He's very exciting to watch. Um and like Adi said, to echo that, the partnership with Harry Kane, that's one of them. If you ever see that on a betting website, not that we're encouraging gambling for any of the listeners, you do do what's right for you when the fun stops, stop. But if you see Kane and Son goal assist combination in any way possible, it's usually quite a safe bet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's, um, you know, his, his qualities, I think, Maybe underrated because you know he plays next to Harry Kane, um, who we've obviously uh, you know just uh, just wax lyrical about. Um, so only made the Premier League team of the year uh, once. Um, it's actually just this past season. Um, but um, I think you know the, his individual quality is certainly unquestionable. Um, you know the, the Puskas Award is obviously you know a reflection on uh, what he can do with the ball at his feet. Um, but yeah, I, I think um, you know certainly, Mike. Uh, it's uh, one of the things we're, we're interested in is seeing how individually flavoured each of these teams has been towards uh, the podcast's club of choice. You know, mm. and um, you know, I think you've been quite 
you've been quite balanced in uh, in picking, you. you know, some Spurs some Spurs favourites there, uh, but also uh, also going across the Premier League. So uh, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that uh, pans out for the uh, uh, I think for the rest of the uh, the season. Um, one thing that we uh, we like to do at the very end of this, um, after we've established, uh, unfortunately, that Idi has beaten Scott in the quiz again, um, is uh, is ask you, Mike, to pick out a manager for this team, Ooh, and uh, you know, just to put you on the spot, and who do you think is going to get a tune out of uh, this? Uh, I think diverse uh, little dressing room that you got. Well, I'll. I'll, I'll... You know, my my first thought was oh, put Ferguson. I thought well, everyone's put Ferguson in. I think sticking with the Tottenham theme and the fact he's already getting a tune out of him, and he's already won the Premier League title with a rival club, and the fact he's great value watching him during the game. I'm going to say Antonio Conte. Um, he's he's taken quite an average Tottenham team and improved. I thought quite average players like Ben Davis, who's like, you know, you know, sort of regularly now in our, our back three uh, and uh, is incredibly infectious. He's got Harry Kane going again. Everyone loves him. Um, quite a maverick coach. And I'm sure you wouldn't want to sort of be on the bad, bad side of him. But I, I'm going to go with Antonio Conte. I thought you were going to whip out Aussie Ardealis for a minute. There. <laughs> yeah, the famous five. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing how Conte and Keane get along here. I'm sure that'll be lovely. You know, no drama whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> Scott, how about you? Uh, your your views on uh, on Mike's managerial choice? I was just having a wee chuckle there off when I heard those Ardealers getting mentioned, and I could just remember the good to win the cup with Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, uh, listen. Uh, one of the things that really impressed me about the Spurs side was how organised Conte had them. Um, I thought in the pre-season match, Rangers, despite, obviously, there's going to be a bit of a golfing quality between some of these elite-level players and what we are playing with, but that front three, uh, especially Son, uh, Kane, and was it Kuzmetsky? Kuzmetsky. Hopeless at pronouncing that one. I'm sure Andrew will fix it in the edit. Um, (laughs) But uh, the relentless press and how organised they were, it's stopping us playing out for our own back uh, back four. So, one thing you know for Conte is he's organised and not being stereotypical in a negative way at all, but most Italian managers do have that sense of organisation, be hard to beat, stay up at the back. And I think that's what's going to push Spurs on this year. I think Spurs will finish higher than they finished last year. Um, I, I really think that they'll probably split City-Liverpool this year for a top two spot, personally. Um, and I think Conte's that, that man to do that. Um, so, no, I can't have any any disagreements with him there. Especially, I mean, a man that, whose hairline seems to have just come back out of nowhere to what I remember from the mid-2000s. But, no, great pick for Conte. And I, I don't see any surprises in that being a Spurs one. Uh, good stuff. Uh, Eddie, how about you? Um, you know, your thoughts on Conte and then Mike's team overall, I guess. So, first off, if uh, Scott was happy with the throwback with Aussie ideas, I just popped and you said Kuznetsov. That's a, a great Rangers throwback to the 92-94 Ukrainian player that played for us. Um, but Conte, yeah, great manager. Um, I did think, I'm surprised, to be honest, that he's still there because there was a point midway through last season where it almost seemed like he was begging them to fire him. <laughs> and, and he just seemed to go in interviews and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm crap, we're crap, might as well just get rid of me. Yeah. And then all of a sudden things just 
clicked and completely turned it around. And now you you know you, you haven't watched them on there. Uh, they they were just really organised and you know the the players that he's got at his disposal and the way he's running them. I'm expecting them to do really well this season. So. Uh, I don't think it's a bad pick for a manager. He's not, again, not someone that we've seen picked before. So it's nice to have a different choice in there. But certainly a manager who, you know, has had success most places that he's been. So he's not someone that you could easily rule out as being a, a choice for your manager your team. So I like it. Another interesting new pick. And it would be good, like you said, it would be good to see how him and Roy Keane interacted. No, that's great stuff. Um, well, there's not much more left to do. Uh, Mike, I want to thank you again for your pleasure. time. Uh, Absolute been, pleasure. Thanks, guys. No, you've been very generous. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, let me round up my uh, co-hosts. Uh, Idi, thank you for your time, man. No, thanks to you guys. It's been a really enjoyable show. Um, this is exactly why we've set out to invite these other podcasts on so we can get that flavour of their team and and players that played for their teams when we discuss them and have a few different names running there so Mike's been a great guest and it's been really enjoyable talking about some of these players that he's picked Good stuff and uh, thank you as well to Scott Yeah, uh, thanks to everybody involved especially thanks to Mike for his time um, and again to echo what I do said that it's good to get a perspective from a, from a team who I don't follow myself and see the sort of maybe not cult heroes but, but who leaves the impression on you having watched them um, also like to say just thanks to Mike for going forward. Um, having mentioned earlier, obviously uh, podcasting with the likes of Danny Baker and Alan Davis, um, <laughs> the suggestion for us going forward anytime uh, that Eddie mentions Luis Suarez that we have a QI Claxon come in. So. <laughs> <laughs> just for your uh, info there, Mike, Luis Suarez was a thorn in my side in season one. <laughs> every time I guessed him it was wrong and every time I was like nah I'm not guessing him this time it was him <laughs> he haunts you man he haunts you um, and yeah finally Mike uh, many thanks once again um, you know really appreciate your time um, obviously we only ever want you to be listening to the fourth official and all the range of podcasts that you can find here but if you must uh, follow another podcast we'd highly recommend you check out the Spurs show um, you know Mike, you're doing great work over there, and uh, obviously your uh, your companions on the network uh, as well are uh, you know well known to us. So well, good, um, good so luck, good luck to Rangers uh, this season. I've got a lot of friends who are Rangers fan. They're not my top Scottish team. My Scottish team, my follower is Stenhouse Muir. Uh, Lovely. Uh, which uh, well, I, I, go see. I always go when I've always go to Ockleview Park when I'm in Scotland. But I've always had a soft spot for Rangers. I hope they have a great season. Uh, I think the signings you, you seem to have done so far, good bits of business. And after your wonderful run in Europe uh, last season, which even neutral fans got behind, I really hope you go one better uh, next season in Europe. I really do. Lovely well, stuff, Mike. Well, what, what is it about Stenhouse Muir? Because the guy from The Wire supports them as well. They have the most. He does. That's supporters. right. He does. He does. <laughs> I've just been going because of my sort of job as a comedy agent. I, for years, I've been going to the Edinburgh Fringe. So I was going to see some football. And sort of Stenhouse Muir is between Edinburgh and Glasgow. It's sort of relatively easy to get to in a place called Larbert. And it was just, and I, every year, I used to have comedians. We used to play Stenhouse Muir against their second 11. So I've been on the pitch at Ockleview playing football with Eddie Izzard and Paul Merton and oh, a host of comedians have played at Ockleview Park that 
more That's people what, know about that now. Where has this been? Wow. My, my, my claim to fame at local view is it's uh, the only sort of professional ground I'd say where I've saved a penalty. When I was putting together notes for this, um, I honestly didn't think in the Premier League podcast we'd managed to get across uh, Clyde and Stenhouse Muir. You know, that's, right. that's, uh, the mighty warriors. The mighty warriors. <laughs> um, Something right. there for all of the fans. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. Uh, so, Mike, thanks again. Uh, thanks, guys. We hope you guys have enjoyed listening to the podcast. Uh, if you do, please like. Uh, if you're not subscribed, we'd highly recommend you do. You get lots of great content like this. Until then, thanks again.